In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's never good, it's never advisable to compare ourselves with other people. There are many reasons for that, among which is the fact that God doesn't do that. God made us different. Everybody is different. Everybody has different talents. Everybody has different uh, vices. Everybody has a different environment that they grew up in. Everybody has different particularities uh, that make up their very personhood. It's not a good idea to compare ourselves with other people because we're so different from one another. And it's impossible to make a parallel comparison from one person to the other. Everybody is absolutely uh, quite unique. So, when we calculate or measure our salvation, when we calculate or measure, measure our moral standing, our, our, the goodness of our person in comparison with other people, it's never a good thing. And Jesus always shuts it down. So, for example, every time Jesus is asked about other people, he always turns it to the person that's asking him. The question when we ask about when Jesus is asked about other people is always the wrong question. And so Jesus corrects the question and answers the question in its more correct form. So last week in the gospel reading we saw some people came to Jesus and they said, uh, what about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice? And then Jesus says, what do you think? Do you think that these are worse people than other Galileans that, ha that this thing happened to them? No. And then he turns around on the questioner. Unless you repent, you will likewise perish. When Peter, when Jesus says to Peter in the Gospel of John, at the end of the Gospel of John, you will, Peter, Jesus says to Peter, you will be carried out and you will be taken to a place where you do not want to go. And, and then John, uh, the evangelist, the writer says, this was speaking about the way he was going to die. And Peter ended up dying by crucifixion upside down. Peter responds to Jesus and he says, what about this guy, St. John? And then Jesus says, it's none of your business. If I want him to stick around until I come back, that has nothing to do with you. You, Peter, follow me. So that's something that you and I have to remember always. Whenever we're thinking about other people, it's wrong. Whenever we're comparing ourselves to other people, whenever we're thinking about other people's sins and fixating on them and ruminating on the, the, on the bad behavior of other people, we're completely missing the point and Jesus is going to turn it around on us. That's what pretty much happens in this gospel reading. Some come to Jesus and they ask him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? Well, why would somebody ask that question? I mean, we've all asked that question. I've asked that question to God. I want to know how many people, I want to know a percentage of how many people are going to be saved. Why? So that I can compare myself with other people and I can say, yeah, I think I'm better than 60% of the world. I can feel a little bit more comfortable if Jesus says, yeah, a lot of people are going to be saved. Don't, you don't have to worry about it too much. And then I'm going to get really presumptuous and lax about my, my, my whole Christian faith. Jesus doesn't answer this question, not to them. He turns it around on them again. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even answer the question whatsoever. Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter by the narrow door. Strive to enter by the narrow door. That's what he tells us. 
Now what happens? Well, many will, be, many will uh, knock at the door of the householder and he will say to them, I don't know where you come from. This is a warning that Jesus is giving us. And then they'll respond. We ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, all you workers of evil. What is Jesus saying here? First of all, let's not compare ourselves with other people. And let's not try to measure our salvation based on that of other people. Let's not try to see our goodness based on other people. We have to worry about ourselves. We have to think about our own salvation and the salvation of our own souls. That's the first thing. The second thing, how? What way should we think about salvation? What does salvation look like? Well, Jesus says, I don't know where you come from. This is a matter of origin. This is a matter of a shared culture. This is a matter of a familial bond. Jesus says, you don't belong to my family. I don't know where you're from. You don't belong to my culture. You're not from my village. We don't speak the same language. I don't recognize you. I don't know who you are. Why? Because you're a worker of iniquity. You're a worker of evil. We have nothing to do with each other. So what does salvation look like? It's not absolute moral perfection. I can say that very confidently because we'd all go to hell. What does it look like? It looks like sharing the same culture as Jesus. It looks like speaking the same language as Jesus does. It looks like being familiar with Christ. So how do we do that? We have a couple hints. Uh, from other parts of the Gospels. So in the Gospel of John, Jesus gets into it as he often does with the Pharisees and the scribes uh, because they were legalistic and hypocritical. And so they start having this kind of argument with each other. And Jesus says to them, if you were of God, you would believe my words. But because you are not of God, you do not believe my words, and you don't accept what I'm saying. And they kind of squabble about this for a little bit, and then Jesus ends up saying, you are liars, because you are of your father, the devil, who is a liar. He lies by his own nature, according to his own nature. You are of your father, the devil. For Jesus, the Pharisees and the scribes in his day, what is their origin? Their origin is in Satan. It's in the liar. Whereas those whose origin are, are, are found in God speak the truth, know the truth, accept the truth, and live according to the truth. So that's one hint about what does it mean to live in the same culture of Jesus, to have the same origin of Christ in God. One is to live according to the truth. And according to the truth in all matters. On the one hand, yes, accepting the Catholic faith and all of its dogmatic tradition and, and in scripture and all these things, absolutely that's true. But then also accepting the truth about ourselves. We have to accept the truth about ourselves. We don't compare ourselves to other people, but nevertheless, we're going to accept the fact that we are fallen and sinful people. And we have to be okay with that. We are fallen and sinful people, and we have to be okay with that because God loves us regardless. And God is day after day building us up out of that sin into his grace, into uh, goodness, and into sanctity. But the only way to be on that journey from 
evil actions to sanctity is by first accepting the fact that we are fallen and sinful people. Naming those sins, knowing those sins, be, you know, analyzing those sins, acknowledging them while not despairing over them, while not being beaten down and oppressed by them. Knowing them and knowing them in the light of God's mercy. But if we acknowledge our sins and then we just completely uh, uh, reject them as, no, that's an exaggeration. No, I don't believe that about myself. No, I don't think I'm actually like that. Well, we're never going to change. We are actually like that and we're never really going to improve. So the first thing is truth. Acknowledging truth for what it is. This helps us align ourselves with Christ and his origin in God because God is about the truth. Another way that we can align ourselves with the culture of Christ and be really like him so that we find our common origin with him and that he can say to us at the end, I know where you're from. Another part of the gospel, in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus says that God the Father makes it rain on the good and the evil alike. That God makes the sun come up on the good and the evil alike. And then he says to us, therefore, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, a lot of people will read this and freak out because who's going to be perfect like God? Nobody. But he doesn't mean perfect in the moral sense. This is a, in Chaldean, it's lazm dhawutun kmile. Kmila means complete. In fact, the, the word perfect is originally a Greek word that means complete. Therefore, we have to be complete the way God the Father is complete. And what that means is complete love because of what came before. God makes the sun come up on the good and the evil. He doesn't make this distinction between them. He makes the rain fall on the good and the evil. He doesn't make this distinction between them. He loves both, the good and the evil. Therefore, we must love the good and the evil alike as well. And this fulfills what Jesus says in the Beatitudes when he says, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you, uh, bless those who harm you. So the first way that we can align ourselves with the culture of Christ and share in his origin in God is by acknowledging the truth in its universal aspect in the faith and its personal aspect according to ourselves. But aligning ourselves with the truth and then loving the way God loves, seeing everybody the way God sees everybody, seeing ourselves the way God sees us. That despite our sins, we are beloved creatures, beloved sons and daughters of God seeing one another in the same exact way. No matter the habits, no matter the bad behavior, no matter uh, the annoyance. And then I'll give some advice on this too. Because if salvation is the way I'm framing it right now, which is sharing in this familial bond with Jesus so that we belong to his family and we begin to become like, we begin, we begin to become like him, read the saints. They're the ones that were successful in this. Read the lives of the saints. This is the great example of what it means in many other particular personalities to look and become like Christ. That's what the saints are. They are from the origin of Christ. They share in the same family of Christ. They are from Christ's culture. They speak his language. They are like him. It's good for us to read the lives of the saints because we get a lot more perspectives of what, it, of what it means to become like Jesus and what it means to become holy. And that way, we're aligned with them too. Now, we're becoming family members with these saints. We know them, we live with them. And now, in living with them, we also live with Christ. And I think that's what this means at the end of the day. 
when Jesus says, I don't know where you come from, he's saying, I'm not familiar with you. Who are you? But if we show ourselves, if we befriend him, and if we befriend his friends, then at the end, Jesus will say to us, I do know you. I recognize you. Come into the kingdom. Amen.